Hello, and welcome to Fresh Fusion, a show where we discuss the business, the art, the ethics of content creation on the open web. My name is Jared White, and this is episode 76, Back to the Matrix. I just got off a Zoom meeting with a client, and a bunch of people were on the call, and we're all there talking and getting work done. And I got off the call, and I started to think about doing this podcast today, and it made me remember the scene in The Matrix Reloaded, where uh, a bunch of the uh, rebels, I guess you'd call them, uh, were basically having a Zoom meeting. (laughs) They were all from different ships, different places, but they had jacked into the Matrix, and so they were in a room meeting together, and Neo was there as sort of a bodyguard to make sure that uh, their their Zoom meeting wasn't hacked into. I I mean that the agents wouldn't show up and... and, uh, disturb everyone. So <laughs> it, it, it just, it, it highlights how strange it is to be entering this world of the matrix again in the year 2021, when the original matrix, you have to realize, came out in 1999, when the internet was in its infancy. And smartphones and (laughs) tablets and all these different things we have today that we take for granted. Uh, Streaming 4K video on all our TVs everywhere. Like, none of that existed. None of it. (laughs) The web in 1999 was like a a little postage stamp uh, (laughs) QuickTime video on a a web page that was like gray with black text. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> little tiny, little tiny grainy uh, gifs, and you know, under construction. <laughs> Click the monkey. Um, it's just, it's such a different world now. Um, but before I get too far down that whole uh, nostalgia uh, rabbit trail, ha, huh, rabbit trail. Um, Yes, welcome to this episode. Uh, The Matrix is my favorite movie of all time, and the new Matrix Resurrections is coming out in just about a week. So I figured I'd record an episode about The Matrix, about my feelings about this movie, why it's my favorite movie of all time, and why I'm so emotional about entering this world again. I, I have to tell you, folks, I've been through some pretty exciting launches of movies, you know, new franchises, whatever. Uh, Probably the most exciting thing I can remember in recent memory going to was The Force Awakens. Uh, Even though I'm not, like, I'm not the world's number one Star Wars fan, I'm, I'm way less into Star Wars overall than many other people out there. Uh, nevertheless, like going into The Force Awakens, I was really excited. <laughs> I had been consuming a lot of content on YouTube and elsewhere leading up to the release of The Force Awakens, so I was totally hyped, and that was, that was a heck of a lot of fun. But I have to say, like now, going into... The Matrix Resurrections, seeing a new Matrix movie, I am just quivering. Like I can feel it, <laughs> my I can feel it in my body. I can feel my nerves. They're just like there's just this sort of like like this, there's this energy 
around me being able to see a new Matrix movie with Neo and Trinity. I mean, I'm getting chills just saying this. <laughs> it is absolutely unbelievable that uh, this is happening again. I'm so excited. Uh, you know, there, there's so much about the Matrix which has just become part of our vernacular that has just kind of become part of our culture. You know, it's just, it's one of these cultural touchstones now. And I, I really think like the, the generation that, that kind of grew up with the beginnings of the internet, you know, the Matrix meant so much to us. Uh, you know, we have these terms now like glitch in the matrix or, you know, unplug from the matrix. Like, <laughs> that's just what we say. Like, the, 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 the world of living uh, as digital citizens uh, using the internet, you know, almost full time, like, there's, there, there's just sort of this uh, symbiosis of, of concept here between a movie like The Matrix and, and what's happening in real life. Um, and, you know, watching my kids grow up, you know, I have kids that are, you know, just uh, the oldest is just entering, you know, the preteen phase of life. Uh, the youngest is, is you know, entering uh, school age and all that sort of thing. Uh, you know, they 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 haven't seen The Matrix, of course. They, you know, they don't know about it. Um, but, you know, I was talking to them and I was trying to explain, like, there's this movie, you know, maybe you can see it a little bit, you know, later when you're older because it's pretty violent. But there's this really cool movie I love called The Matrix. And it's about this world where everyone lives in a computer simulation, but they don't know that they live in a computer simulation. And what would it be like, do you think, to if we lived in a computer world, you know, if we lived in virtual reality? And my kids are like, don't we already? <laughs> We're already doing that. <laughs> We play Roblox, we play Minecraft, we, we do all these things, we, we enter all these worlds, we build all these things, we interact with people. Like, like they, they're already kind of living in the matrix. <laughs> and, you know, the, 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 in some respects, digital reality is, is as real, if not more real to them than actual reality. Uh, and so, you know, we're already kind of there. And that, that's what's so crazy about this. And that's what I'm so curious about, too. Like, you know, watching this new Matrix movie, I'm curious how what has transpired over the last, you know, 20 plus years, you know, what, I, I wonder how that will influence, you know, what the Matrix itself is like now and what the issues are and what the, the philosophical conundrums are. Because that's really what, is so amazing about the original Matrix movie in particular. I actually, I love the whole trilogy. I'll spend a little bit of time in a few minutes talking about my feelings about the original trilogy. Um, but that first movie in particular really set the stage for kind of asking these, you know, these really interesting, important, deep philosophical questions about, you know, the nature of reality and our place in it. And, you know, the, the the idea that as as you know worlds that either we construct or get constructed for us by you know whoever the machines or whatever like as as we increasingly live in worlds that are constructed how do we how do we figure out that dividing line between constructed worlds and quote unquote real worlds <laughs> how how do you know the difference you know how can you say what 
is more or less real in these different contexts. You know, things that happen in this simulated world called the Matrix become real. You know, that what happens there becomes so real that, you know, literally if you're killed there in the Matrix, you're killed in real life. That's how real it has become. And so, you know, questions like that are so relevant to us today. And the questions of, you know, what what is real? What happens? In the in a simulated world versus the real world, you know what what the the dividing lines are there. You know if if you're if you fall in love with someone in a virtual reality world and you get married in a virtual reality world, like is that a real relationship or is that just a simulated computer internet relationship? You know, like <laughs> those kind of questions have have been ongoing for years as the internet has happened you know I, I remember first going into a world like second life that was my first experience you know actually being in this sort of metaverse type scenario and you know people there were were you know doing all kinds of of things around you know building stuff and creating art and fostering relationships and you know there literally were people getting married in second life and it was it was just bananas to be a part of that to be you know part of this this early burgeoning of some kind of metaverse and um you know i think perhaps now there's a little bit more wisdom perhaps a little bit more skepticism even of what that all entails. Um, I think when the Matrix first came out, you know, there, there was kind of a binary around the future. You know, it was, it, it was either going to be a utopia or a dystopia, you know, full stop. So you either had this sort of, you know, Star Trek view of a future where, you know, humanity has, has uh, reached the stars and achieved its full potential and, and you know, it, it's all uh, just amazing and, and wondrous and our only conflicts are with other alien species and whatnot. Uh, so that, that was like a positive vision of the future. And then on the other side of the fence, there was, there was a negative vision of the future where, you know, it's, it, we, we've destroyed the planet and everything is terrible and hardly anyone survives. And, you know, it's this whole dystopian thing. Um, so um, the, the Matrix, you know, at first glance seems like it's fully in that category of, you know, dystopian future. Um, but, the, but there's all these little elements inside the movies and, you know, throughout the whole trilogy, uh, which is one reason I like the trilogy, um, there, there's all these little things around, you know, kind of really like hopeful notes around humanity, you know, coming to grips with itself, coming, coming to the realization of, of, you know, what does it mean to be human and how can we live in, you know, more, of a peaceful coexistence with, uh, you know, the machines and, you know, you can substitute the machines for, you know, whatever you need to, to, to kind of round out this equation here, whether you want that to be like modern civilization as we know it with all its complexity, you know, politics, authority, <laughs> you know, cause that, that, that's kind of what the metaphor is, you know, of the matrix. It's, it's this idea of, you know, you have a world of, of control and authority and things happening, you know, outside of your understanding, outside of your awareness, and you kind of have to live with inside this construct that has been given to you, um, you know, versus 
really forging your own destiny with eyes wide open, uh, that sort of place of enlightenment. Um, and so that, that to me is what's so amazing about the matrix and about the whole trilogy, really, you know, with, with some issues I'll get into here in a moment. Um, you know, it, it, it really, what it wasn't, certainly wasn't a utopian vision of the future, but it wasn't really a dystopian vision of the future either, even though it seems like that at first glance. You know, it's not like, say, the, the Terminator movies. Now, I love the Terminator movies, but the whole premise of the Terminator essentially w- was, you know, we, we gave birth to AI, and then we were destroyed by AI, and oh my god, you know, we need to... We need to stop that now in the present before we get to that horrible future where humanity is destroyed. And and that's kind of where it starts and ends. Um, Now, I haven't seen all the sort of later Terminator movies and the TV shows and stuff, so maybe it gets more nuanced. But, you know, that's kind of where it starts and ends. It's like, oh, you know, the machines have come to destroy us in the future and we need to stop that future from happening. The Matrix is at first glance, a similar story. Oh, my God, you know, this future where the machines are destroying humanity. But it's, it's really about so much more than that. that, That's almost, that's almost the starting point. Like that premise is just sort of a jumping off point for so many other interesting philosophical questions. And, and, you know, actions and, you know, the relationships and the, you know, I, I could probably do a whole episode just on the, the sort of uh, mentor-mentee relationship between Morpheus and Neo and, and you know, matters of faith, uh, you know, matters of belief. Like, <laughs> there's so many threads you can pull out of these stories, so many threads beyond just sort of the superficial you know, dystopian future, uh, man versus machine kind of thing. Um, you know, I think uh, get, getting into sort of the trailers here and, you know, the, the second and third movie and how they relate to the first movie, um, you know, I, I really like that speech in Reloaded. Um, you know, it's, it, it maybe was written a little bit in a ham-fisted manner, but I really like that speech where... Um, uh, I, f- I forget what his name is, but the, you know, like the chancellor guy that's talking to Neo when they're just sort of wandering around down in Zion. And, you know, he, he's the, the guy's waxing philosophic and Neo says, so so your point is that we need machines and they need us. And that that kind of was the point like that. That was really the point of where the story was going, was realizing that, you know, it didn't have to be a zero-sum game. It didn't have to be either all the humans survive or all the machines survive, but we can't have both, right? Because that, that was sort of the mindset everyone was in. That, that, was, that, was way, that was the way, you know, the system in the Matrix was thinking, you know, it's, you know, keep, keep all the humans in total subjugation, totally unaware, and, you know, because at the slightest hint of self-awareness of what's really going on, the, the humans will you know, destroy us all. So, you know, that's the mind frame we, we think all the machines are in, uh, you know, all the agents and all the, all the control there, all the authority. Uh, and then, you know, meanwhile in Zion, it's like, you know, we'll destroy the machines and, and show them who's boss, right? We're humans and we're still here. But that's, that's not where it landed, <laughs> that's not where it landed. By the time you get to the end of the trilogy, um, 
I realize, okay, I'm throwing out a lot of spoilers here, but I'm just assuming anyone who's following me along here has actually seen the original trilogy. If you haven't, sorry, <laughs> maybe stop the episode and go do that and come back. But yeah, lots of spoilers here. Anyway, um, you know, by the time you get to the end of that third movie, there's there's a seemingly peaceful coexistence emerging where, you know, the machines are going to allow the humans to become self-aware and to, to leave the Matrix if they choose. And the humans are going to stop waging war against the machines, uh, or at least, you know, we think that's what's going to happen. Uh, so that brings us now to this new movie where we kind of find out, like, okay, what was the aftermath? Like... Did, did the peace get maintained or are we seeing, you know, a, a new war emerge or, you know, what's going on? So that's all unknown. Um, but, uh, you know, in, in terms of that original trilogy, like the, the, the second and third movie, you know, definitely don't get the, the full breadth of love and admiration that the first movie gets. Um, for me, the, 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 the stuff I really don't care for for the most part is the stuff in Zion that 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 little exchange between Neo and the Chancellor aside like for the most part I actually don't really like <laughs> most of the stuff that goes on in Zion uh, I don't even like the characters there that you know that guy that is always uh, up in Morpheus's grill and seems very grumpy the entire time who's trying to you know run the military operation like i don't even remember his name i really don't care about the character at all he's thoroughly annoying like what <laughs> what was that all about i i like i just don't like any of that stuff so this last time when i watched through the trilogy which i just did recently um i skipped over most of the zion stuff um not not a whole lot I need to do on the second movie, but particularly on the third movie, like anytime it was just in Zion and it's like, you know, laser bullets flying around and whatever and people freaking out, like I just skipped over most of that stuff and really just focused more on like, you know, the actual storyline of the Matrix. What's going on with the Matrix? What's going on with Neo, Trinity, Morpheus, you know, and if you just look at that stuff, it's all really, really great. Like, all throughout all three movies, I think, you know, the development of those characters and what they go through is fantastic. You know, I like the architect. <laughs> I like all the weirdness around what was revealed, you know, what was going on with the Oracle, you know, Agent Smith becoming a virus, the, the very thing he hated in the first movie, a virus. He became that which I just think is brilliant storytelling. You know, he became the very thing he hated. He, you know, he, he hated humanity because they go into an area and they consume and they consume until there's nothing left. And then they find a new area. You know, that's what he was doing. He was taking over the entire Matrix and perhaps even the real world <laughs> and consuming everything. Uh, you know, the, the irony of that is just spectacular. Um, so so I loved all that. Um and, you know, the, the stuff with the Merovingian and Neo getting lost in these different rooms and having to fight the, the twins and, oh my god, the, the freeway scenes in Reloaded, like that, the whole sequence of when they're on the freeway and Trinity's going back and forth on motorcycles and all that stuff, like, that's mind-bending stuff. 
Like, you know, we're used now to so many blockbusters with incredible visual effects. You know, you have the Mission Impossible movies and, you know, all these other movies now where people are just doing crazy stunts and crazy stuff. But you go back and watch Reloaded, you know, in the early 2000s, and that stuff holds up. It really holds up. Like, if, if I'd seen a sequence like that freeway sequence in a totally new movie, I'd be like, oh, my God, this is incredible. Like, that's how good it was. Like, this this was expert filmmaking. Speaking of expert filmmaking, uh, just a little aside here, um, I'm starting to watch through Sensate, the, the Netflix show that was uh, produced by the Wachowskis along with um, uh, J. Michael Straczynski of Babylon 5 fame. Um, they they kind of wrote it and put it together and... And I think the Wachowskis did some of the directing, but there are also some other directors on individual episodes. Um, but um, that is a show that I feel is really underrated because I think, you know, when it first was announced and started to come out, you know, people were sort of expecting, you know, I, I guess something that sort of feels matrixy. <laughs> you know, when, once you have this hit thing that you're be, that you become known for, right? And, you, you know, it's it's easy to get typecast. So I think people were expecting, oh, this show is going to be so cool with all this new sci-fi stuff and questions of identity and whatever. And then it ended up being, you know, just kind of <laughs> kind of strange and very raunchy and <laughs> lots of touchy-feely emotional stuff. And I, I'm not sure everyone, you know, gravitated to that. I personally love it. I love it. I, I remember thoroughly enjoying the show when I first watched it, and now doing the second rewatch, I'm enjoying it even more. Um, and some of the ways that Sensate is different from The Matrix in terms of you know how it is shot and and how it's sort of constructed from a filmmaking perspective, I I kind of have an inkling some of that will bleed over into The Matrix Resurrections, and I'm totally down for that. I, I'm really down. Like, I, I really have a feeling this new movie will will kind of... There will be aspects of its cinematography and its emotional beats and, and the timing of scenes and things that will feel a little bit more sensate at times, perhaps, than the original Matrix movies. And I'm totally down for that. I think that's exactly what we need. I think it's going to feel modern. It's going to feel fresh. But at the same time, you know, we're going to totally get our, our nostalgia trip going. I've also started rewatching some of the, the Animatrix shorts that came out in between the first and second Matrix movies. Um, not all of it tickles my fancy, but there's one episode beyond, uh, which, like the first Matrix movie, has stuck with me year in and year out. Like, I think about this all the time. Uh, it's beyond, uh, the beyond short on the Animatrix collection. Um, because it's, you know, it, it really touches on <laughs> this idea of, you know, when you're in a virtual reality, like, it's totally possible for the normal laws of physics to get bent or to go haywire and all kinds of weird, strange things can happen that, you know, is impossible in quote-unquote real life. And 
you know, we experience this all the time. Like every time I'm playing a game with my kids and, uh, you know, there's some kind of weird glitchy thing that starts to happen. You know, somebody gets stuck in a wall or, you know, the physics engine goes bananas or, you know, some you see some object that's like it, 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 the the position tracking and the and the the collision detection gets wonky so it starts like you know moving like here and instantly there and then back over to here or doing some weird thing where the computer can't decide like where this object's supposed to land in the in the scene or something like all this kind of weird glitchy stuff that can happen like every time i see anything like that i instantly think of the beyond episode like <laughs> cuz this episode you know it came out in what like 2002 something like that, um, you know, before the rise of all these, you know, multiplayer online games and, and just, you know, this entire 3D gaming culture we have now, uh, you know, so you watch this episode, and it's, it's like, it's prophetic. This episode is prophetic of the kinds of things that we will experience as we're entering actual virtual reality worlds. Um, so that's just mind-blowing stuff. So... I realize I was sort of rambling around different points here, but I think what I'm trying to say is the Matrix Resurrections allows me to enter back into this world of the Matrix and all of my feelings, all my thinking around the Matrix, around the story, around the philosophy, around the points it makes, it's it's so wrapped up in my actual world, you know, as I, you know, do so much work on computers, as I build you know, online experiences as I interact with and make friends online. Like so many of the people I think about on a daily basis, you know, some of the, so many of the people I talk to uh, are, are just, you know, it's just text on a screen, (laughs) right? Like there's these people I know, but I, I don't know them in a, typical, you know, like, oh, I know this person because we've hung out together in real life. Like, they're just people I know because I know them through Twitter or I know them through Discord or whatever. And, you know, the 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 fidelity of that perhaps is low. And maybe in the future, we'll have something more like the Matrix. We'll have an actual metaverse where we are, you know, interacting, you know, in these virtual reality worlds together, and it feels much more realistic. But, you know, that's that's just a question of fidelity, really. Like, the fidelity will get better. We'll, we'll go from text to images to videos to 3D to whatever, and we'll make these leaps forward in fidelity. But at the end of the day, like, so much of what many of us, and, you know, definitely speaking for myself here, so much of what we do on a daily basis is essentially living in the matrix. And maybe the difference between what's happening today and what was in the storyline is we're aware that we're in the matrix. So, you know, it's not like I don't know that I'm on a computer interacting with people over the internet. So the self-awareness is there, but at the same time, it so many of the same questions around identity and purpose and meaning remain. And in some respects, I think maybe we don't know. Like, maybe we don't really fully understand what it means to live in these virtual realities that we create for ourselves. You know, maybe this is all so new for us as a species. You know, it's all so new for us. You know, tr- try explaining to someone who lived 100 years ago 
<laughs> what we're doing on a daily basis today. And and it, like we're the crazy, weird, futuristic alien species. <laughs> you know, we are the Vulcans now or whatever compared to the humans of 100 years ago. Like like we're just nuts compared to what their reality was like. So uh, uh, there's just so much. There's so much to unpack from the from the philosophy and the story of these movies. And I haven't even gotten into, you know, the actual like quality of the filmmaking. Like I, 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 I think it was a couple years ago I went to see The Matrix locally in a theater here in Portland. Uh, ha- hadn't seen the original movie in a theater. I believe like I I think I originally saw the movie uh, the the Matrix um, you know through home video or whatever and then I went to see the second and third movie in theaters and that was really cool but I hadn't seen the first one so I went and saw the Matrix in a local theater and that was just outstanding it was so good like I watched this movie up on the big screen and it was like it had just been made it looked so good. It looked so new, so fresh. It was the the style of it was just. It's amazing how it has withstood the test of time. You know, you 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 think of these great movies of the past. You know, let say Star Wars for example. These great movies of the past that transcend the 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 milieu in which they were born and you know go on to to become this cultural touchstone. Um, and The Matrix is everything like that for me. You know, it's, it, it, you watch that movie and it's every bit as exciting now. It's every bit as well made now. It's every bit as impressive. It, it just, it has aged so well. And so to, to get to see this next generation of The Matrix uh, begin uh, again now with this new movie. Ah. <sighs> I'm so excited. I'm so excited, folks. I am just literally counting the days until Wednesday next week <laughs> when I get to go see it. Uh, yes, I, I got a ticket pretty much <laughs> the moment it, I could when it opens. And I'm just I'm losing my mind here, folks. It's going to be so good. All right. Well, thank you for listening to my very rambly, but hopefully somewhat entertaining episode all about The Matrix. As always, you can go to my website, jaredwhite.com, to follow me there, as well as sign up for my email newsletter, Creator Class. All right, thanks for tuning in, folks, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye.